Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 6 through 9, called Sharing Abraham's Blessing. Commentators were saying that because Paul orders his quotations from Genesis 15 first to Genesis 12, we need to read Genesis 12 in the lens of Genesis 15. That's just this simple. Abraham's belief credited righteousness to his account. And here's, let me just explain the language for a minute. So he believed God, he trusted God's word, even though he hadn't realized the promise yet. And God said, because you believe me, I'm going to credit your account with righteousness. Now, the idea of the Greek word here is it's logizomai, and it means to take something that belongs to somebody else and put it into another person's account. And that happened by faith. So imagine if, if you did all your Christmas shopping and it's early January and you say, you tell your friend, yeah, I think I have about 15 bucks in my checking account. And you check online and all of a sudden you have one million fifteen dollars in your checking account. You're like, what happened? Bank error in my favor, Monopoly. Uh, this is awesome, right? But wouldn't you wonder, well, where did that come from? I don't think I had a million dollars. And imagine that someone you don't even know credited your account a million dollars. Some of you are saying, yes, I'd love to experience this. Please, can this be reality? Right? And so this is the idea. Someone, here God, credits your account with something that doesn't belong to you simply because you trust the word. And what Abram received, please hear this well, was a foreign righteousness. This is what it means to be saved and made righteous before God. Abram was still the same man. You read his story. He lied. He had his own weaknesses. He had problems just like we all do. What changed in Abram at that very moment was a crediting of righteousness that didn't belong to him. This is why theologians call it a foreign righteousness. It goes to his account simply by him trusting in God. It belongs to another. Now please hear me because this is critical for your understanding of the gospel. When you trust Jesus Christ, a transaction occurs. God takes the righteousness of Jesus a foreign righteousness, what doesn't belong to you. And he puts it into your account the moment you take him at his word. You get the righteousness of Jesus. And the divine transaction of the gospel is this. Very important. Your sin goes to Jesus at the cross and his righteousness goes into your account by faith. And this is called the great exchange of the cross. My sin went to Jesus at the cross. The innocent sufferer dies in my stead. And his righteousness, the moment I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, goes to my account. It's the great divine transaction, the great exchange of the cross. This is God's exchange rate, if you will. He gives you, not only does he forgive your sin, he gives you the righteousness of Jesus 
credited to your account the moment you say, I believe, I surrender, credited, righteous in my eyes. You can't get more righteous than the righteousness of Christ. Amen? Sometimes, you know, we look in the mirror and go, can you love somebody like me? Can you use somebody like me, Lord? And you have the righteousness of Christ right now. If you're a Christian right now, you are right in God's eyes. Amen? It's pretty good news, isn't it? Because the only other option is to be wrong in His eyes. And to be cloaked in the unrighteousness of your sin. And you, even your good deeds, Isaiah 64, are like filthy rags before the Lord. I need the righteousness of one who's actually righteous. And I've got it the moment I believe. This is the blessing. We see Genesis 15, uh, Genesis 12 through the lens of Genesis 15. And here's the other quotation. Genesis 12, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. Seven promises. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And here's the quotation. And in you, Abram, what's your Bible say? All the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, what you have to see here is that the promise is ultimately about the gospel. Abram will give birth, his wife, to Isaac. That's son of laughter, son of promise. Who will then give birth through his wife to Jacob. I just have to clarify that. <laughs> and then on down the line till we get to a Messiah. Abram didn't fully realize this yet. But through his lineage, through his family line, the Messiah would come forth, and by virtue of that, that's how all the nations of the earth are blessed. Everybody with me? Galatians 3 is telling you how to interpret Genesis 12. Genesis 15 is telling you how to interpret Genesis 12. In you, all the families of the earth, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And in Revelation 7... When we see this great scene in heaven, there's people worshiping the Lamb, worshiping God from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation because of what God did through Abram. Now here's an application point. You get saved. You may be the first Christian in your family that you know about. And now you've started a process by which you've now share that gospel with children and grandchildren. And a process has started, and you may not know what the end of that process is going to be, but who knows what's ahead? Who knows how God may use your children and your grandchildren? Abram couldn't have, could he have fathomed what would happen? Now I want to show you one other thing. This is Genesis 14. So Lot gets captured uh, by some kings, some eastern kings, and Abram goes on a rescue mission with 318 trained men. He's able to save Lot, bring him back. And uh, he defeated, uh, look at 1417, after his return from the defeat of 
Cheddar Leomer. He's the guy that uh, invented cheddar cheese. <laughs> write that down in your bio. No, don't write that down. That's not true, <laughs> as far as I know. And the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him in the valley of Shava. There's uh, the King's Valley there. There are commentators that believe that's the Kidron Valley, right at the foot of the Mount of Olives. Now, Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem is a shorter name for Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine. Now, he was the priest of God Most High. If you've ever studied this idea of Melchizedek, which we see taught on in Hebrews 7, people are, commentators are divided. Some people think he's a type of Jesus. There's others that believe that he, Melchizedek, is, is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. All right? Now, here's what happens. Abram's won this great battle. He's saved Lot. He's got a bunch of possessions. And he gets met by the king of Sodom, 17. We know that that area was rebellious to God. And all of a sudden, there, perhaps at the foot of the Mount of Olives, at the Kidron Valley, another king shows up, and he's Melchizedek, Melchizedek the king of Salem. That's the idea of king of peace from the idea of shalom. And what does Melchizedek bring out? Bread and wine. He was priest of the Most High God. And here's what he does. He blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abram. You can write down Hebrews 7, 7. I think it is where the greater always blesses the lesser. Of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High who's delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tenth of all. Abram then gives a tenth of the possessions. Who is this mysterious Melchizedek? Sometimes people say, you know, they hear John 8, and Jesus says, Abram, Abraham was uh, happy, paraphrasing, to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. John 8, 56. Well, you might say, well, how did Abraham... See your day. The religious leader said, you're not even 50 years old. How did you, how did Abraham see you? And sometimes those of us who have delved into these passages, we say, oh, maybe in Genesis 22 when he was about to offer Isaac and Isaac took the wood and he's laying on the wood and he's about to kill him and it's a picture of the gospel and Isaac is kind of like a type of the resurrection and he doesn't die and he ends up walking back down the mountain and it's on the same mountain where Jesus would die 2,000 years later. Yes, and I like it and I would agree. But is it possible that Abram, to become Abraham, met Jesus in Genesis 14? Is it possible that with the elements of bread and wine and this king of Sodom basically tempting Abram, which you, when you read on, that's what happened, and Abraham's got to fight the temptation and the king of Salem with bread and wine refreshes him and encourages him and blesses his life. It's at least a picture of the gospel just like Genesis 22 is. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. 
Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Is it possible that Abram, to become Abraham, met Jesus in Genesis 14? Is it possible that with the elements of bread and wine, and this king of Sodom basically tempting Abram, which you, when you read on, that's what happened. And Abraham's got to fight the temptation. And the king of Salem, with bread and wine, refreshes him and encourages him and blesses his life. It's at least a picture of the gospel, just like Genesis 22 is. And here's the point. With all these incredible connections, Abraham got a taste of what it meant to be blessed and saved. He believed in the Lord. Do you? Galatians 3, let's turn back there. Have you taken him at his word? Do you believe that you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves? It's the gift of God. Have you taken that confidence that the price has been paid in full and you have the righteousness of Christ credited to your account and are you going on in freedom because of it? I'm preaching to myself. I struggle with the enemy condemning me. I struggle with my own feelings of unworthiness. I struggle with doubts like we all can struggle with them. But is my soul ultimately anchored to this reality? I will trust you because you said the moment I believe in what your son did for me, I have his righteousness. Therefore, be sure. Second verse of Galatians 3. (laughs) We're going to move fast now. I promise. Therefore, be sure. Some of you need to mark that. Be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The false teachers may have been saying the only way you can become part of Abraham's family is circumcision and keeping the food laws. And Paul says, nope. Be sure the way that you enter into this redeemed family, you become the children of Abraham, is by belief. Understand NIV. It's those who believe who are children of Abraham. If you skip down to verse 16 for a second, you can see a couple clarifying points. Now the promises, Galatians 3.16, were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say and to seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed, that is Christ. Skip down to verse uh, 25. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed clothed yourselves with Christ. You have his righteousness. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. It doesn't mean that you stop being what you are. It just means that these categories don't matter in your standing before God. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, what's your Bible say? then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. 
understand. The Scripture foresaw, NIV verse 8, it looked forward to this time when God, New Living Translation, would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced or proclaimed the gospel in advance to Abraham. And there's our quote from Genesis 12.3, all nations will be blessed through you. Just notice in verse 8 the nature of Scripture. Scripture is personified here so that what Scripture says is what God himself says. The Scripture foresaw because the Bible is God's word, amen? And when the Bible says something, it's going to take place. The first coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, you take it to the bank. Final verse. So then, conclusion. Those who are of faith are what? They're blessed. With Abraham, the believer. When Jesus was on the earth, he said to some of the religious leaders, hey, the prostitutes and tax collectors are going to get into the kingdom before you. <gasps> and they're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. What? Those are our forefathers. And you, paraphrase, won't be there. What? <laughs> it's part of the reason that they wanted to take Jesus out. What do you mean I won't be there? I tithe of mint and come and I fast twice a week. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> Little cowardly lion there for you. I do. Jesus says, that doesn't matter. Because all of that is outward show and your heart is far from God. You need to fall on the mercy of God. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Let's not talk about other people. Let's talk about you. Some people say, oh, it's the... It's the people who are really messed up that need Jesus. It's, uh, you know, it's those people over there. You share your faith with someone at Christmas time. Good for you. It's good for you. I know, I know you needed that. <laughs> you need that forgiveness stuff through Christ. Not me. Oh, you need it. In fact, you need it more than you know. And if Jesus had anything hard to say to the religious leaders... It was all about their pride. They thought by their lineage and their works, they were right with God. And God, God the Son says, no, you're not. You must believe me. Unless you believe that I am, you're going to die in your sin. I've stood before many groups of people, shared the gospel. I'll give you one story, and we're going to take communion. I was in a memorial setting. A person had passed away belonged to an educational institution. And uh, I did what I always do, which is my job. I proclaim the gospel. I brought it with compassion, but I told the truth. And I said, look, there's a heaven and a hell. The mortality rate is quite impressive. <laughs> You're going to die. I'm sorry, but... You've got to deal with your mortality and you must trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Gentleman comes up to me at the end of that service and says, thank you for preaching the truth of the gospel. There was a lot of very intellectual, educated people in this room and I'm not sure where most of them are at, but thank you for sharing the truth of the gospel. That's what we got to do. We got to do it with compassion. We, we have to say, Lord, the Lord saved somebody like me. He can save you, but we have, we have a sin problem and we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. And aren't you glad he came? <laughs> he came for you and for me.
Oh, Father, thank you for your living word. We're about to partake of bread and wine. We can't help but think of Melchizedek. And even though our version is grape juice, we, we know what it represents. And we think of the new covenant. We think of what you instituted on the night before you died for us. Taking the matzah and the wine and saying, this is my body. This is my blood shed for you. I love you. I pray for every soul in this place that we would be enraptured with your love. We would be in awe of your goodness to us. We would have a confidence not in ourselves but in your finished work. And this year would be a great year of us being truly free and sharing the blessing with others. The way we share the blessing is sharing the gospel. That's what Genesis 12 is about. It's the blessing is the gospel. And one way that we can walk this out is to be sharing, living and sharing the gospel this year, maybe more than we ever have before. Would you stir us, Lord? Would you help us in that endeavor? I thank you for all the faithful saints here that are doing that regularly, and I, I pray that that would increase, that we'd be given away the ultimate blessing of the gospel. Thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Sharing Abraham's Blessing, Part 3 on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program or Part 1 or 2 of this teaching, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time, and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. Look, we know times are uncertain right now, and that's why we're only asking for a small donation. So if you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. So you can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as the title of this message says, Sharing in Abraham's Blessing, I want to focus on the word blessing. Do you know, if you're a Christian, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are blessed. I remember I used to go to this gym and a gal was working at the front counter and she was a believer. And whenever I would see her, I would say, how are you doing? And she would say, I'm blessed. And at first, it almost sounded a little too spiritual. You might say, Pastor Michael, how could you say that? You're a pastor. Well, I don't always talk that way. You know, I don't always respond, I'm blessed. But you know, she was right. We are blessed. Get this. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're blessed. So, hey, if you're feeling discouraged right now, if you kind of have been doing some negative self-talk, if you've let fear dictate what you're going to do, or not do, can I just plant that in your heart right now? You're blessed. 
Because if you're a Christian, you're in Christ. And hey, if you're not a Christian and you want to be blessed, and I know that word gets overused, but to be blessed means to be well off in the in the truest sense of that word, to be right with God, to be blessed, to know him and not be separated from him by your sin. If you're not a believer, trust in Christ because it's from him that all blessings flow. Repent of your sin and say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you want to pour out a blessing of grace in my life. And he'll save you. And you will be blessed. And hey, if you're a brother or sister in Christ, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's yours. And look, what's ahead of us is so beautiful. There'll be no more curse. There'll be no more death. God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And speaking of cursing and blessing, well, tomorrow on the broadcast, we're going to deal with a message called The Curse and The Blessing as we continue to move through Galatians. Hey, share the program with a friend. If you can help us out financially, you can find out how you can do that at walkintruth.com. And if we can pray for you, or if you just have something to share of how the program has been a blessing, reach out to us through the website at walkintruth.com. On behalf of the staff and all that are part of the Walk in Truth team, we're grateful for you, and we will catch you tomorrow. God bless. And one more thing. Please follow Walk in Truth show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hey, we'd love to connect with you. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.